Hi, everyone. Welcome to our sixth mini-sode of Abolitionists for Everybody, the one where we talk about organizing while incarcerated. For those who do not know, mini-sodes are much shorter and a little less polished, but still super friendly and still all about abolition. My name is Adam. I was co-host for season two of Abolitionists for Everybody. My name is Lee, and I was the co-host on season one. Adam, you and I were both organizing while we were incarcerated. We were affili affiliated with Initiate Justice on the inside as members or inside organizers. And now on the other side of those electrified razor wire fences, we're still with IJ. I am now the manager of the inside organizing department and you are the inside programs associate. Like as part of our current responsibilities, we now assist and support those that are still incarcerated with the organizing efforts. So one of the things I feel is important to mention is the barriers that we face while organizing and advocating while being incarcerated. You know, when I was in there, things like not having contact with everybody all the time, lockdowns, feeling oppressed, the administration, motivation, free time, even lack of hope. All of those things kind of came into play with me and how I was organizing inside or how I was advocating. Why don't you give a couple of examples of like, what was your experience of being an IO? Yeah, my experience as an inside organizer, it was different. It was challenging. It was welcoming because I still was, I still was, participating and going to different groups, to different classes, like Narcotics Anonymous, CGA, Criminal Gang Members Anonymous, um, a variety of uh, different self-help groups. And so being able to attend these classes, um, as well as attend my college classes, and as well as be an inside organizer, it had its challenges. Because as an inside organizer, right, our main, one of our main objectives is to be able to spread the word about what IJ got going on when it right. comes to laws and wanted to get people involved, right? This is something that we actively do. So I had to speak to a lot of people. I had to be around a lot of people, but I had to make time for that because, you know, I had work. I had other programs that I was going to, like I mentioned before, as well as school. So then was some of the challenges, but the welcoming and the positive parts about it was, when I am passing this information along, um, when I first started Inside Organizing, um, I helped Inside Organize on Pro Proposition 57. And with that proposition, I was talking to people on the yard. I was talking to people. Prop 57, that was the credit earning bill, right? Yes, I'm sorry. Thank you. Yeah, that was a credit earning bill. And so, you know, we're trying to get people involved to get their family involved. So I used to have to get on phone calls with people, family to share with them at different times and different hours. Right. They would just like call you over to the phone and be like, hey, tell my mom. Yeah, yeah. I'd be sitting there watching the movie. And the credit that we're going to earn. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I'm sitting there, you know, watching the movie, eating popcorn, whatever. And they like, yo, can you come talk to my family about Proposition 57? So I'm like, hey, Proposition, Proposition 57 is a credit earning bill. And then I'll list some of the things because, you know, I, I will have my notes pretty much on hand with me, right? Because at any given time, you're going to be, you're going to be advocating, you're going to be speaking about what Initiate Justice is doing, what laws Initiate Justice is supporting. And even some of the challenges um, with, with uh, CEOs, correct, correctional officers, you know, they, they want to know, you know, what do you got going on and why you, you know, talking to so many people and they start to question you, then they start to search your cell and search your area. And so, you know, it had, a, it had a lot of different challenges, but Nevertheless, I knew that I was um that I was I yeah. was helping, you know. Yeah, and look, you you brought up something like that's super important that I think that is um that is often you know misunderstood or overlooked. Just the political climate in mm -hmm. there and and how things are are driven with folks inside. There's not a lot of 
interaction or communication um, on some facilities, at, le- at least the maximum security um, facilities where, you know, there's four phones for 200 people. And to have somebody right. get on there and talk to their family member or their loved one, um, it's, yeah. you know, you get 15 minutes if you're lucky a day to be able to talk right. to, your, to your loved ones and to call you over and, and have you get on the phones and start to talk to them and making sure that they have the right information. You know, those those are all little administrative barriers that we kind of have to cross over. And, you know, they don't want us on the phones with other people's family members. By they, I mean the administration, right? There's rules against that or there's things where it's not necessarily supported. It's frowned upon. And then, you know, throughout the years, there's all of these different bills that were going to pass that never passed. And so people start to feel like let down, you know, they start to lose hope on these bills and things that they thought were going to allow them to return back to their their family members or their loved ones at a sooner date or quicker, mm-hmm. or it was going to offer them some relief from the, the exorbitant uh, sentence that they may be suffering from. And so just kind of like talking to them and telling them like, hey, we're all big in our own way. Like we all have like a huge role right. to play in our legislative process. And so how did you like come up against things like that? And how did you kind of navigate, I guess, the despondency or the, you know, the lack of of hope or the interest that people had in bills that may not directly affect them, but affected the whole like beast of the California like legislative and, and laws and that whole process? Yeah, that's a good question. So something something that I that I would like to do. And I still share to this day, even when we go inside and do workshops, and you heard me say this many a times, Lee, is that, you know, when somebody say it doesn't affect me, I say, well, my family member that's voting on this don't affect me or my family member that voted on X, Y, Z, that didn't affect me. Right. And so I kind of I try to get them to see that, wow, it is bigger than me. Right. And then when they when they see that, wow, like. It is bigger than it just being for me, but what I can give and the impact that I can have on my community. I think that's where they, I have seen many, many people have want to become an inside organizer, right? They like, yo, I want to get involved because I didn't know that this is how important I am in this fight. Even though the bill don't necessarily affect me, we working on change and I want to be a part of that. And going back to Proposition 57, right? It was so many people that was like, oh, you know what? I don't I don't believe it's going to pass. It don't affect me, this, this, and this, and this. And when that passed, listen, it was a lot of people that wanted to, to be a part of the community and wanted to get started. And now, to me, that was motivating me because that showed that, hey, we do got this and we and, and we can, you know, we can get over these barriers together, whether inside or outside. And so, you know, when we look at the role of an inside organizer and, the, the many different hats that an inside organizer wears you you at any given point you have to be someone that can share the word about the legislation process right and then you have to be a person that civically engages from prison through phone calls through letters um or even if you're talking to different free staff which is people that work inside a prison that that are not correctional officers and so you know it's, it's, it's just about making sure that we are keeping that hope up when people voice is heard when people 
feel that they are a part of something and they are making change, that's where the hope comes from. And, and, and that's where we we continue to build together. And, and you know, when I first started um, being becoming an IO um, at the facility I was at, you know, it was it was only about two of us. And now now, you know, CVSP, this facility um, has a lot of inside organizers. And I'm grateful that I was a part of um, being an original inside organizer and help to to pass along solid information. But at the same time, get people involved uh, because that's really uh, being a part of the community. Yeah, no, it's a trip because I remember like when I first started working with IJ, you were still incarcerated um, and I was uh I was taking phone calls from folks inside, from you, from folks like you. And, you know, we were talking about the different the different bills and the different laws that were kind of on books and, you know, getting our ideas from folks inside, seeing like what's going on in there, um, what's important to people, some barriers, some things that they're coming up against. And this was common. You know, folks were like, hey, that doesn't affect me. Or or sometimes they'd be like, mm-hmm. man, we like we put in all this work for this or that one yep. and it didn't make it across the finish line or the governor vetoed it. Um, and these are all obstacles. These are all barriers that we come up against. And, you know, when we're talking to different people inside, we have to be relatable to them and they have to be relatable to us. And so, you know, like you were talking about with with different segments of the population inside that you were talking to, whether it be administration, whether it be counselors, whether it be correctional officers, whether it be folks that are incarcerated, it didn't matter. Right. We have to be able to be on our on our game and we have to be on point at all. Times. And so I think that's really where the support from us, you know, the insight journal that goes in and the support of like the volunteers and shout out, shout out to our volunteers that helps. Yeah. All of those little things that, that kind of connected and, and being able to to be there for them and to be able to help and or assist them in networking is is like one of the key factors of connecting the folks inside to the community outside and connecting the community outside to the folks inside. So we all feel like we're a part of, of this movement that is that is happening with our social justice movement and changing these laws and bringing our loved ones home much quicker. And so, you know, there's all kinds of like things that come to mind or there's all kinds of like scenarios that start to, <laughs> to come to my head. And one of them, and I would I would offer you to share up too, is one of them is I was inside with this with this uh, individual named CJ, and CJ we used to work out like in the same area, and when we were working out, he would always this is how I first got introduced to IJ, he would he would always come out with these like these little newsletters, and he was like hey like Lee I know you're involved in like all these classes and you're teaching guiding you're creating like what's up with IJ man why aren't you supporting more about IJ and I was like who's IJ and this was like in I don't know, like 2017 or something like this. I think IJ had been on the scene for about a year at that time. And um, when he first brought it up to me, um, he started to show me some things about what uh, what IJ was doing out here and how they were like a small a small org at the time. But the information that was being provided was like on point. Like it was like they were on their stuff. And so we were able to then take that information into all the classes that we were going into, whether you talked about, you know, CGA or narcotics anonymous. Um, you know, I was doing other like trauma-based classes, like helping, helping youth classes. I was doing like, um, th- they were classes that were also based around people coming out of their shell. And so in part of coming out of their shell is feeling connected to the community. And when we talk about connecting the inside and the outside community, we, it was an easy transition for that. And so what are some of like the, oh, by the way, CJ's out now. 
Um, he's starting to get involved with with IJ, so we're super excited to have him, you know, being able to call us up and and talk to us and FaceTime with him and seeing him do like his thing. And he's just fresh out. But um, what was your like, you know, some memorable moments that you may have had while inside and, and organizing and, and how important it was to you and your like belief that you were a part of the community? For sure, for sure. And shout out to all the IOs that came home as well. You know, quite a few of us, you know what I'm saying? So shout out to the inside organizers that are now with us, continuing this work. So one of my most fond memories was working on ACA6, which is now Prop 17, uh, which is restoring voting rights for people that are on parole or, um, you know, formerly incarcerated. At one point, state of California, uh, you could not vote if you was on parole or probation. Thanks to Initiate Justice, Prop 17, we could vote. You know, if you're on parole or you're on probation, you can vote. So I just wanted to share that. If you're listening to this and you are on parole or probation, make sure you vote. What, hold, hold on. One of the things, too, that I want you to highlight there is when, when that came across the telly and you were inside and you saw that ACA 6, which then became Prop 17, passed. Yeah. From the voters. Right. Like, what were you doing? Because I want to share with you what we were doing at that time. Oh, my God, bro. I just, I just got chills. So let's go back to 2018. 2018, I'm working with IJ. I mean, I'm foot to the pavement. I'm a yard, rain, snow. It don't matter. I'm talking to everybody. Right. I'm getting the word to everybody. You know, there's a lot of people that I was doubting in the whole nine. But I was asked to do an interview with Initiate Justice and I remember having to sign paperwork to get special time off, kind of like how we do now, right? If you want time off, you got to put that paperwork in, right? So I was working in PIA, which is Prison Industry Authority, which is everybody that's incarcerated works for PIA. Pretty Not everybody that's incarcerated, but PIA is, is, is a legit uh, business for people that, in, that are incarcerated. The wages is better, um, not as good as it should be. People really should get paid more. Um, but that's for another topic. So I was working in PIA, right? And I was a lead clerk. I, I scheduled to get some time off because I had to do this interview. And I just remember running across the yard because I got to get to the phone at 11 o'clock. And it just so happened, the person that, that's out there that's running the phone schedule, which is the correctional officers usually sometimes be, you know, they may trip on you if it's not your phone time. It was actually some people that I knew, but they was like, ah, you running late, you running late. They was like just clowning with me, you know, kind of giving me a hassle. But I'm like, yo, y'all playing and clowning with me. I, I really need to get to this call because I don't know what, uh, you know, what the team had going on, right? I, it's, you know, 11 o'clock. I got to be on the phone at 11 o'clock. So I get on the phone. And I just remember just talking about if I can vote, right? If I can vote. And I did an interview and it's on YouTube. You can look it up. I don't, I don't know where the link. I don't know which link. But um, I shared. And to me, that was so empowering. I came back and everybody was like, yo, how was it? How was the interview? How did it go? And then there was somebody else that was in PIA with me that actually did an interview. His name, James Jenkins. And he was like, oh, man. He was like, it was so cool. You know, so that was like a real moment. But when it passed, oh, yeah, I was in a firehouse. This is, you know, we're talking about the pandemic. You know what I'm saying? And I was just getting ready to come home. And, you know, he struggles. During the pandemic for IO was like crazy because everybody was locked down. So, you know, trying to inside organize and trying to spread the word about this, it was it was struggles. But nevertheless, it was able to pass. And I just remember hearing the news and I'm like, wow, like here I am. You know, I put all this work into it as an inside organizer and then it actually passed. And then, you know, 
been able to come home and actually vote, you know, that was just amazing. So, yeah. So what, what, what was your, what was your memory, man? What yeah. You got? I mean, listen, we were stomping obviously for prop 17 and, and trying to get it across the finish line. And that's when our team was growing um, the volunteers were super active. And I remember we had a watch party over at um, our executive director's house, Taina's house. And, you know, it was like decorated. Um, there was like food out and we were there as a team. There were probably, I think, like six or seven of us there as a team. And um, I'll never forget, too, because we also had a cookie um, decorating contest and Crystal was on my team or I was on her team, actually, because she actually won for us. Um, but we won, <laughs> we won the, the cookie decorating contest and uh, we got like a, a pair of iPhone earbuds. Um, and so we were stoked. But I remember like when they came through and they started like rolling out the numbers, we had like balloons going, we were taking pictures, like we were super excited because we knew like how historic this was. I believe this was a law that was on the book since like 1847, since the beginning of California that yeah. folks that had a, that were on parole couldn't vote. And so it was like, it was really historic for us. And we were, we were excited and it just gave us that extra, like, um, that extra, you know, belief in not only ourselves, but a belief in what we were doing. Um, and so we started, you know, organizing even more. And you talk about the pandemic, you know, the pandemic really opened up a lot of complications for, for folks Ooh. inside. They, they weren't getting, they weren't able to really talk to their family members. Phone calls were very limited. If at all, they weren't able to have contact with one another inside. Um, that was very limited. And so, you know, word of mouth travels very quickly in there. And so they had to adapt. They're yelling through vents, yelling out their doors to people, telling them what they need to do, telling them about different bills and laws. Seeing them at medical yeah. and different, you know, outings. You know how yeah, that goes. Like it, yeah. it didn't matter, right? And then they you had limited work to where you weren't able to see people. You didn't have access to the, to the library. And, you know, we were going through our own own difficulties out here too, but we adapted. It was tough. And I think that shows the resiliency of our inside organizers. It shows the resiliency of our outside organizers with IJ is we started adapting. We started finding new ways to be able to advocate and to be able to communicate. You know, one of the things is, is creating, you know, the curriculum, making sure that the training was going through, like the curriculum is a 62 page um, document that explains person-centered language, intersectionality, um, the legislative process and civic engagement for folks inside and being able to disseminate this information to people inside. We started doing that via mail. Mail was slowed down, obviously, because they had to, everybody was panicked. They didn't know what, how, how COVID was actually spread. And so, but we persevered and we were able to get this curriculum inside with all of the information that was necessary that people would need to know about the legislative process. And so, even when I would hear stories um, when they were able to use the phone, I'd get phone calls from people inside and they'd be like, yeah, I did the curriculum. Like I passed around my workbook. I showed other people what I was doing. I shared with them, like we're in talks with it. Like they're bored in one sense because now they're on lockdown. They don't have access mm -hmm. to all the classes and the jobs and everything. And so they're talking about this stuff through their doors. They're talking about this information that we're putting in um, through their doors and the newsletters and that type of thing. And so I know you, were in there during the the pandemic and so what was like organizing for you like during that time and during that period right right so for me it had changed because 
I had went from living around hundreds of people to living around 10 people because I was relocated to the firehouse. And so me being a, at the time a firefighter for CDCR, it was it was limited people there to talk to, right? You know, coming home and paroling in this pandemic and actually seeing that, uh, you know, that it was tough, right? And I know that when I got hired on this team, um, to be on the team that I, I had I had to really, really encourage. And one of the best ways how I encourage IOs right now is just to, to to share with them that it may seem that we're not moving or it may seem slow for you, but just stay, just stay, just stay moving forward. You know, don't give up um, because I know that feeling of wanting to give up. And so I just I just kind of use my experience to kind of share with them that, you know, you Everybody does has a time and we are working together and collectively. And that's what's important. And, you know, when your time come, will you be ready? You know, and so, you know, kind of challenging them to, to to challenge themselves, like, you know, wow, to ask themselves that question. When that time come, will I be ready? And, 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 and I feel so good to hear some of the IOs that have parole, like when you mentioned CJ and, and others that have actually come home, coming out of a out of COVID and now are continuing to do this work from words that we have shared with them about being encouraged and, and staying, staying into this fight. And, and something that you mentioned about the about the abolition train, right, that we talk about on on a podcast. You know, some people get on and get off at different stops and some some is in on, on the train for a long ride. And, and so I try to encourage I try to encourage them the best way to never give up, to just keep on pushing as much work. You know, be sure to take your take care of yourself. Make sure you get your rest. However, you you know mentally take care of yourself. Work out, exercise, whatever a person do to to make sure they are taking care of themselves. I I make sure that I try to share with them to continue to do that. Yeah, those are like really big like health things right there that you that you just dropped at the end of that. Um, and those are also opportunities, as you know. Look, I met CJ while we were working out, right? And so while you're also taking care of yourself. You know, those are opportunities for folks to to be in there and and networking and and advocating for the things that are important to them and things that are important to their community members. You know, I, I think it's just like really important for our personal mental health, our emotional health, our physical health to continue to push, to continue to making sure that we're providing as much, you know, accurate or all accurate information that we possibly can to the folks inside. And so they can continue to to be a part of this train, like you talk about, this abolition train of us moving forward and making sure that we're doing best by our people and our community members. Right, right. And and to add to that, and what really what really adds to that, I should say, is knowing that some of the assumptions that people make about incarcerated folks, right, and that I can share that it's not true, is they don't really care or are they really involved? And, and something that I would like to share with everyone that is listening, people inside really care about democracy, right? We care about the legislation process. We care about politics. They are in there speaking night and day about ways to make the environment better. I know several IOs that that works with other people that are incarcerated to bring things to advocate, right? And so when we look at the role of an inside organizer, 
Um, and some of the things that people may assume that they don't care is actually opposite, right? They really, really care. They really, really passionate. Some IOs actually go above and beyond, right? And 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 I was one of those IOs. I was one of those IOs where if I needed to 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 run across the yard before day room because I got to get on the phone and talk to somebody, well, listen, this is where my civic engagement skills is going to come into play, right? Because I'm gonna make sure I speak to whoever personnel I need to speak to to get the clearance so we can do things decent and in order, and that's something that 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 when we look at you know our curriculum that that we provide for our ios it don't just teach teaches them you know okay this is the subject no it, it, we're we're teaching them and as well as guiding them on how this uh it, it's more than just being a part of it right it's actually a way of living you know and so that's something that that i love about our inside organizer i had an inside organizer call me yesterday and he was like, hey, I've been trying to get in contact with you. You know, I'm, I'm happy I was able to finally call you because I moved here from this and this. Is there anything you need me to do? I say, yes, I would like you to get in contact with your CRM, which is a community resource manager, and try to set up a workshop. And me calling, giving him that little call to action, he felt so empowered because he was like, oh, I can do that. Like he thought he had to go to somebody else. I said, no. I said, you write directly to them. And so that goes back to what I'm saying is like, yeah, we are helping, you know, and providing the training, but more importantly, it's something that that they that they want to do and they want to be involved in. And I can just tell that made his day. I can tell that he just felt so like, you know, I, I am I'm here. I work with IJ. I do matter. The work that I that I am doing as an insight organizer, it does matter. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, yeah, if any anybody that's listening, just know that our insight organizers, they they are inside. They are pushing for just as hard as we are pushing for, for them out here. Yeah. And I mean, just giving them the agency, like that they have the power to make a difference um, in their lives and in their family members, their peers, their communities' lives. And, you know, and those workshops are, are really important for us to be able to get in there also is because we go in there with the team, um, as many of the folks that are on the team that can that can make it in and just having that face to face personal contact with people and being able to look them in the eyes and tell them that they matter and being able to look them in the eyes and talk to them about intersectionality, person-centered language, the legislative process, making sure that we all are in lockstep and we all understand the process there is, is very valuable. And, you know, it's, it definitely is time consuming and it's, it's cost consuming. And so when we, when we talk about like all the other different things that we provide, that is another opportunity for us to be able to go in there and to be able to have those one-on-one -on -one engagements. You talked about the curriculum. You know, we also have, you know, the senior inside organizing training where after they've gone through the curriculum um, and they want to level up and become like more involved, we want them to be able to have the mic as much as possible to be able to talk to legislators and be able to talk to to people that um, matter. And so we connect them with outside organizing volunteers that have additional training about public speaking, about being able to not only take what they've learned through the curriculum, but to be able to verbalize it, to be able to articulate right. it, and to be able to be clear, concise, and on point. And so, you know, in addition to that, um, we have the opportunity to create, you know, legislators, legislators, I put that in finger quotes, inside where we call them mentors. They become the teachers. They become the facilitators. They start to have space and clear rooms for people to be able to learn this, this legislative process and the curriculum and to be able to teach people inside. And so they are then looked at as the folks that have the vital information that everybody else is so 
thirsty for that people like really want they really want to be a part of their community because oftentimes we found that when they were younger and when they were you know messing up or not going against social norms they didn't feel connected to their community and so they ended up getting in trouble and ending up um, incarcerated. And now we're reconnecting them with their community and giving them that voice. And so do you have any last um, thoughts before we before we wrap this up? Yeah, I, I just want to just really just point something out because, you know, it really just hit me. And I and I, and I feel like, you know, when we look at the different levels of, of becoming an I.O., it really just kind of just sit in. It just set in on me um, because. You do have an I.O. that goes through that that curriculum, like you just explained, then becomes a senior inside organizer, then a mentor. And I just really thought about the workload of being an I.O., but then becoming a senior I.O., right? Because as a senior I.O., you have to, you know, you have to go through this training, which means that you have to make phone calls, which means sometimes you may have to make a sacrifice, either call your family or get this training, right? And then we look at mentors and, you know, I just, I just want to just just send so much love and gratitude and just share, you know, with, with, with everyone that is listening that, you know, we truly appreciate our IOs at every level. Um, we appreciate, we appreciate our members. We appreciate everyone that, 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 you know, works with, works with initiate justice so that we can continue to create leaders. So we can create inside organizers that, that eventually will be home out here with us, um, you know, continuing this work. Yeah, thank you so much. Always uplifting them. And I think it's it's super important, you know, with the volunteers and the people that are inside because, you know, they don't have to do this. You know, this is this is a passion of theirs. They get to do this. They get to make a difference in their community. They get to make a difference in people's lives. Um, so to wrap it up, as we mentioned earlier, me and Adam, we run the Inside Organizing Department with Initiate Justice. We currently have 326 inside organizers. <laughs> We have 32 senior inside organizers and 11 mentors that are doing the work in the prisons. They're doing the work on the ground. Those are the people that are really advocating for our loved ones in, inside. These folks are spread throughout the California prisons. I think there's 35 California prisons now. They're working tirelessly to help us not only abolish prisons, but to make our community safer. So if you, if you out there listening would like to directly support our inside organizing efforts, directly support our community of incarcerated organizers, consider donating by visiting givebutter.com forward slash we fight for us. This money is used to compensate our IOs with packages, to send them curriculums, monthly updates and action items via mail, as well as allow us to bring our programming to them in prison with civic engagement workshops. Again, if you all want to help out with the inside organizing department, you can go to givebutter.com forward slash we fight for us. 